I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome, one and all, to episode 287 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor, and this episode brings you a chat between myself and one of my patrons, Johan up in Sweden, the metal chef, the metal politician, whatever other tag you want to put on him, uh, Johan is just a cool guy. Uh, For months, we've been waiting to chat about Sweden rock, about the festival, and this is it. Johan is going to talk about that. We're also going to touch upon a bunch of new releases and different things like I do on the, what I call our one show for the Friday night show. And um, yeah, I kind of screwed up with this. Last time I was supposed to have Dan Lorenzo on, there was technical issues. And I started the show an hour later because Dan wasn't going to be able to join me until 1.30 my time, 1.30 a.m. I usually start the show at 11, do hour one, and then I do the interview portion of the show. I'm usually done by like one my time. You know, if I have the patrons on, maybe it's two at the latest. But so what ended up happening was the last time I said, all right, well, I'm going to start it at 12 because Dan's coming on at 1.30, I can fill that those 90 minutes fairly easily with you know the usuals that join me for hour one. And then this time I started doing the episode, starting it doing started doing it when I normally do the show, and I realized shit, I've got an extra hour I need to fill. Luckily things worked out. I have Johan for the first hour, I have Brad Dahl on for the second hour. It's an hour plus for each of them. And then we have Dan Lorenzo on for, uh, it's roughly 40 minutes. So essentially this is the first part of what took place on uh, Friday, July 29th. And if you want to hear, for example, I kind of screw something up here with Johan towards the end, asking him about David Lee Roth. If you want to hear about that, you got to check out episode 288 and hear me talking to Brad about that specific subject. So anyway, let's hear me and Johan chat. Here we go. Welcome one and all to the... July 29th edition of the Signals from Mars live stream brought to you by the Mars Attacks podcast and VMRIT.com. For the last few weeks, we've migrated everything over to here, and I've been calling this Hour One. Uh, So I've been releasing this as a separate podcast, and we'll have Hour One Plus today because we have 90 minutes until Mr. Dan Lorenzo will be joining us. So, um, we have Johan joining me. Johan, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, middle of the summer for me. 
I had two weeks of vacation and, and I have two more weeks of vacation. Excellent. So, yeah, it's good. Awesome. So uh, we will have Johan's long-awaited <laughs> uh, Sweden Rock uh, review report, mm-hmm. however you want to uh, bring it up. But real quickly, let's talk about new releases. So the album that I wrote about today was Spectre by the band Stick to Your Guns. They're out of California. This is album number seven for them. I posted a few different videos in in our Patreon and it's gotten mixed reviews, but out of everything that I listened to that came out today, it was the album that kind of jumped out at me the most. Uh, it's a little of everything. They're labeled as a hardcore band, but they're straight up rock. They're straight up punk rock. And then the last track track on the album is uh, an acoustic song. So it could almost be considered an, an emo track. So if anyone is remotely interested, I have up there on MarsAttacksRadio.com under new releases. Um, there are links to check the album out on Spotify and Apple Music. Other releases that dropped today include Dance, Gavin Dance, uh, Krizian out of Brazil, My Sleeping Karma, which I listened to a little, Seder, which um, if you're into the helicopters or stuff like that, that's an album to check out. Uh, Banks Arcade, uh, Royo Okamudo, Her Head's on Fire, which is, the album is called College Rock and Clove Cigarettes. Sounds a lot like College Rock. (laughs) Um, Prosper Parish, Sunless Sky, Reeking Aura, Castrator, which is an all-female death metal band out of New York. Uh, Lathe, Black Magnet. Let's see how you pronounce this. Contemplator, okay. The Lord, EPs by Blacktoothed, Oceans, and Venus. Reissues by The Offspring, a Greatest Hits album, and Nail Bomb, Point Blank. Got re- both got reissued on vinyl today. Live album from Dimu Bor- Borgir. And compilations from Devil Driver, Voivod, and Wasted came out today. So um, a little of everything here. And um, we'll talk about another release that I don't, I didn't have listed because I didn't see it on any website, but apparently it, a new uh, album by Loudness came out today as well. Um, Want to say a quick hello to Jose uh, from Connecticut, who is in the chat. Hope you and the family are all doing well. And uh, real quickly here, or not real quickly, I don't want to sound like somebody rushing this, but uh, we've been waiting for some time. We haven't had the time. Today, we've got 90 minutes. So I've been wanting to talk to Johan about Sweden Rock because it's one of the biggest festivals in Europe. He's been to several of them over the years. Um, And, you know, uh, who... Who better to talk to us about Sweden Rock than somebody who's actually been there and somebody who's actually from Sweden? So, um, Johan, obviously, how many times have you been to Sweden Rock before this? Oh, I think around 16, 17 times, perhaps. <laughs> 16, 17 times. Holy shit. So <laughs> for people that say, you know, hey, I've seen this band that many times or that 
or this other many times, 16 or 17 times to one of the biggest hard rock and metal festivals in the world. So that's impressive. Um, well, yeah, but, uh, you know, I'm 50, so years go by. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, well, and also, how far is the festival from you? Uh, 120 kilometers. Okay, so we're looking at 90 minutes, two hours to get there? Yeah. Yeah, it's not too yeah. bad. No, and that's probably why I've been there so many times. It's a lot easier to go there uh, if you compare to Roskilde Festival. Uh, it's in another country, right. perhaps a little better festival uh, as a festival, but uh, it's, it's more work to go there. Right. Uh, Sweden Rock is simple. Uh, yeah. Um, can you rank the years of Sweden Rock for you? Is there a way to possibly remember and say, oh, this was my favorite year of me being there? Or is that, at this point, is that impossible? No, I, I think I can. Uh, I think uh, 2013 or 14, I can't remember which year it was, but the year was, uh, the, 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 the main attraction were Rush. Okay, so uh, there you go. But not just because of Rush, it was a great year, great weather, uh, a lot of other great bands. Uh, you know, just a good, when I think back to that year, it's, uh, yeah, all good memories. So uh, perhaps that year. And this one as well, because uh, it was really nice to be back in right. uh, at the festival after the COVID years. Uh, right. And I think uh, you can feel that among all the other people who were there as well. They were, everybody was happy just to be there right. again. Yeah. Um, would you say that Rush is the best performance that you've ever seen there at Sweden Rock? Mm, yes. Yes, one the best, I don't know. Maiden was also great. Um, but Rush, Maiden, those big bands, when they right. put on a great show, at, you get quite close at Sweden Rock. It's a big festival, but it's not huge. Right. So you can easily come forward to the stage. So uh, okay, it's great to see those big bands there. Uh, otherwise, Sweden Rock is, you know, a lot of the bands are perhaps had their best times in the 80s or 70s. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it, it is what it is. <laughs> but it's good. Um, Mm. Yeah, how's the setup? Is it just one stage? Is it multiple stages? Uh, it's multiple stages. It's uh, two big stages and uh, two smaller stages outside and one stage in a tent and one stage, I think, for uh, unsigned acts. Okay, so bands are playing... All the time. It doesn't matter if there's somebody on the big stage. There's always somebody else going, except for maybe when the headliner is there. Maybe that's the only time that they're the only band playing, I'm assuming. No, they always have at least two okay. bands playing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because the, the geography of the festival is so you can have bands playing at the same time. 
Okay. Um, so go ahead. Tell us about this year's festival. Mm. Well, we were eight friends who drove from Jungby, our hometown, uh, 8.30 in the morning. Uh, two cars and the RV. Uh, we were three, <laughs> three people sleeping in the RV and the rest of the guys slept in tents. Uh, it's easy to sleep in tents at Sweden Rock, at least it, in our camping, because it's quiet and calm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Sweden Rock is special. The festival is the only festival that, that I know of that don't have a camping site of their own. Mm-hmm. So you book the camping or, or the cottage or what you do, what you live in uh, outside the ticket. Right. Uh, so we stayed at uh, our camping site, uh, I think, since 2004. Mm-hmm. And during the festival, that camping site is Sweden, Sweden's biggest camping. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we went down on Wednesday and I had a four-day ticket. Uh, the Wednesday is a limited number of tickets sold. I think it's 15,000. Mm-hmm. Festival area is a little bit smaller. Okay. So so it's like, uh, yeah, this one. the Wednesday is not great. It's You can feel that it's smaller and uh, mm-hmm. less crowded, but uh, it's nice to go inside and eat and have a drink and watch some bands. Uh, on a Wednesday, I watched... Uh, and it felt good to go inside, to get the wristband and to go inside those gates again. Right. That Wednesday, that was great. Uh, Wednesday, I saw uh, some Raubtier, a Swedish band. Mm-hmm. Sound a little bit like Rammstein. Uh, and a great Norwegian band called Kvelertak. Right, right. Yeah, I know who they yeah. are. Yeah. And they were really good. Uh, and then I saw Megadeth. They started playing at midnight, uh, and I saw half the set because I was tired. Right. First day, you know, and uh, yeah. And I've seen Megadeth so many times before, but they were really good. Uh, and uh, a lot of people said that uh, that, that was one of their better gigs okay. in, in many years. So that was Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, early start, Eclipse uh, mm-hmm. played at noon uh, with a big crowd. They were okay. popular. Yeah, I, I've never seen them before. And uh, to be honest, I discovered them here because Jeremy said that they, they are so great. So right. I thought hmm, I could listen to them again. And I did, and they are they are good. So okay. uh, that was a nice start on the Thursday to to see and hear Eclipse, the positive, good music. Mm-hmm. After that, I watched some Ale Storm uh, from a distance while I was eating, and Ale Storm is not a good band. Yeah, they <laughs> they've never when I've posted videos in Patreon for them. People have never liked them. For for no. those that don't know, pirate metal does not go over well with my patrons. Pirate <laughs> metal 
folk metal. Um, there's very few other things that, you know, I've been told, no, we don't want to hear much of this anymore. Pirate metal was one of those that, you know, and I've tried, I've tried with several bands, but just has not gone over well. Um, even with that, you know, with all the festivals going, when um, Hellfest w- was taking place, they were showing some of the bands on YouTube. And I'm trying to think of what other festival, maybe Alcatraz in Belgium, maybe. And Ailstorm was at both. And I remember the first, uh, I put the YouTube video on for Hellfest with Ailstorm. And I purposely, I told my wife and my kids to watch it. My kids were like, why do they have a big giant rubber ducky on stage? They don't look like they're serious musicians. You know, that was the first thing they said to me. And then a few days later, I saw the other clip from the other festival and I put it on. And my youngest son goes, ah, this dumb band again. So there's no fans in my house either for Ailstorm. <laughs> no, but that's Sweden Rock. They had a lot of... Uh... Uh, fans they played at the biggest stage and uh, yeah big crowd but not for me okay Uh, but um, after that uh, on the same stage as Eclipse uh, Sodom played okay I haven't seen them in a couple of years and uh, they were excellent okay Real, you know, you have heard Sodom? Yeah, you have. Yeah. Yeah. Hard, really hard German metal. Uh, and they really enjoyed being on the stage, you can tell. Uh, they played Iron Fist also with uh, a perfect imitation of Lemmy uh, okay. from the singer. So I think uh, Sodom was one of the better shows this mm-hmm. year. For me, at least. Uh, yeah, after that, we went back to the RV and uh, changed clothes for the evening. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we went in to see Accept. Okay. Yeah, uh, great as always, even though Wolf is the only original member left. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, they sound great and they look great on stage. Uh, they played all the hits and except uh, it's a big band in Sweden. Has always been a big band here. Right. Uh, so uh, that was a good show. Have you seen Accept for many years? I have never seen them live, but I will say that I have a relative that works with the lead singer. <laughs> so the lead singer, when he isn't singing for Accept, is an electrician. So there's a family member of mine who's an electrician as well, and they they speak to one another quite frequently, and they've worked on several job sites together. So, aha, uh-huh. not a rock star full time. Most of these guys aren't, unfortunately, unless they're big bands. You know, no. they, they have to. And and with except, you know, like you said, Wolf is the only original guy. <coughs> So I'm assuming that Wolf is making all the money, whereas everyone else is probably an employee of the band. Just a little uh, sidestep from this. What, how much do you think they pay musicians in a band like Accept? 
See, I would have to think that except, and this is based on lists that I've seen of what bands get paid. Um, I would imagine that except probably doesn't make more than like 10,000 euros a show. No, that's so somewhere between eight to 10, I would assume probably closer to 10. And you have to think that between five members plus the crew, Wolf Hoffman is probably getting 30% of that at least. Mm. And he's probably splitting the other 70% up between five guys. So if they're making 10,000, the rest, I mean, I would, I would assume that everyone else is probably making like, I don't know, a thousand a week or something like that. You know, after all the festivals, I would, I would imagine somewhere between a thousand to maybe 2000 at the most. Mm. So, cause you have to think Wolf wrote all the songs Mm. Only original guy. Um, I know that on the new album, the uh, the bass player, no, not the bass player, the uh, other guitarist. Oh, is he bass player? Is he uh, guitar? See, now I don't remember. He was part of. Um, uh, it's Phil. Uh, I have to look this up now. <laughs> But yeah, the 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 other the other guy that helped write a lot of the stuff um, on this new album was playing with yeah. So there's there's six members now. There's three guitarists in the band. Mm-hmm. One of them is Phil Phil Shouse, I think is how you pronounce it. Phil has been playing with um, with Gene Simmons and Ace Frehley and. He's played in a lot of other bands uh, before that. He's a guy that's really well known in Nashville, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would imagine that, you know, through six, six guys, <laughs> 10,000, and they're not splitting it equally. So, um, l- like I said, with most of these bands, they're, they've probably even set it up so it's a certain amount of week where it's not even per show, you know? Mm. So, um, mm. yeah, no wonder that he has to work as an electrician. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brad is saying, saw, except that M3 last year, really good. They are touring the U S in fall, not playing here, but playing vamped in Vegas. And I may go see them there. It's a very small club. So there you go. Um, that's the um, uh, the club owned by uh, the Count. I forget uh, his real name, but uh, the guy who had the show Counting Cars on uh, Discovery Channel or one of these channels. But yeah, so he made all this money off of TV. He's put out several albums. Mark got to interview him. And he owns like one of the most up-to-date rock clubs in Las Vegas. So, um, with where you guys were staying there at the campsite, how, how hot does it get? Does it get hot at all or does it get cold? Uh, this year it was uh, typical Swedish summer weather. If I recall, right. It's, uh, no, it's not too hot. 
not okay, cold. So you, but so you had years where it's been both cold and hot. Right. So I'm uh, I'm just going from personal reference where um you know I I interview or not interview, excuse me. Um I go to festivals in in Madrid and it's 40 degrees at night. So where you can't sleep. <laughs> so no. um yeah. We don't get that a lot in Sweden. <laughs> yeah. uh, almost oh. never. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. uh, after Accept, we went right. to the second biggest stage to watch Dropkick Murphys. Okay. And uh, I really like. Uh, they had some uh, new members since I saw them last. And uh, okay. the bass player or the old bass player who used to sing lead vocals. Mm-hmm. He, not, he now just uh, sings, and they have a, a hired bass player. Okay. Uh, and the other singer isn't. I don't know. He wasn't. He wasn't there. Okay. Uh, this tour, so uh, they were good, but uh, I missed. I missed the uh, the full set, the, the full setting of the band. Right. Uh, but Dropkick Murphys, you know, fantastic festival music, happy music. Uh, people dancing so it's good Uh, and the next band I saw on Thursday were Volbeat they are huge here in Sweden Mm -hmm. Uh, they played the absolute biggest stage a lot a lot of people Uh, I used to like Volbeat I saw them the first time was killed in 2007 when they were still a kind of an underground band Uh, and and back then they were really good now they are too nice. They too, they <laughs> too, too polished. polished. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Too polished. Uh, as you us- as as you usually say, I think soccer moms love them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I, I would think uh, um, soccer moms is more like Motley Crue and, and stuff like that. But I understand what what you're saying. Uh, I I thought that they were great up until their fourth album, mm. and then they got really boring to me. Yeah, this this last album I actually like a lot, but it's almost as if it was too late. You know, they put three albums out in between that were really really boring to me. So. Yeah, I haven't heard a new album, so I heard some songs. My son liked them, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, there's one or two tracks that stands out absolutely but uh, other than that nah not anymore but okay. uh, I'm uh, here in Sweden I'm uh, uh, we who don't like Volbeat are outnumbered <laughs> okay yeah they play big arenas uh, and the last band on Thursday were Nightwish okay a band I haven't seen since uh, 2004 also a Sweden rock Mm-hmm. They were ten out of ten. Okay, App, fantastic! What a show! Beautiful show with uh, you know pyrotechnics, great uh, lightning, and great uh, sound. Uh, yeah, and I love the songs. They played uh, a good mix between old and new. Okay, that was really nice to 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 see them. 
I was the only one in the uh, in the camp who was still on the festival site. They started playing around after midnight, I think. So uh, <laughs> I stood there alone and watched them. But that's okay. Yeah, uh, that was Thursday, Friday. Uh, I saw a Swedish band on the afternoon called Naturaltheatern. It's the old prog band, as we say here in Sweden. An mm-hmm. old band from the 70s who sings about um, yeah, how the world, how can I say this? They are a left-wing band. Okay. <laughs> the thing about people's rights against uh, at the at the jobs and ah, it's hard to explain. Uh, yeah, anyway, no, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but they're nice. After that, I watched Amaranth. Okay. Uh, disco metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but a beautiful show. They have uh, invested a lot of money at that show at Sweden Rock, you can tell. A lot of pyrotechnics and uh, stuff going on. I don't know two, thong- two songs of, of, of them, but uh, yeah. I could watch a few songs. Right. Uh, after that, I went into the tent and watched a Danish death metal band called Based, B-A-E-S-T. Okay. A young Danish death metal band. Uh, and they were really, really good. They were so fresh to see young guys play old school death metal. Uh, I saw they played also at uh, Copenhagen uh, on YouTube mm-hmm. in front of a big crowd. So I guess uh, they have something going on in Denmark. Right. Uh, after that, speaking of Denmark, I saw DAD hmm. uh, at the big stage. Um, also a very, very, very good gig. They played a lot of old stuff. Uh, I think it was... I am not sure, but I think it was on request, the set list. Okay. So uh, the fans could vote. Uh, and they were good. Always funny. They, they play a lot here in Sweden as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, also always a great live band. Have you seen them? I have not. I know that um, there's a lot of, well, for example, Metal Dan, who's part of uh, the mm. Patreon group. Always talks about wanting to see them. Yeah, their last album I, I liked quite a bit. I can't say that I'm a huge fan, but what I've heard over the years, I think, has been good. Mm. And on the way back from uh, going back to uh, to the camp to change clothes, I watched some Hellas. If you remember the band, you have posted them here on Patreon. Right. Mm-hmm. I liked them. They were good. Different. Right. Uh, and I had to go back and I missed Opeth and I missed Saxon on that day because yeah, you had to go back, change clothes and rest a little bit. And I have seen both Opeth and Saxon before a couple of times. Right. (laughs) I've, I've seen Saxon three times and and never, and never by choice. They were always at a festival or, or opening up for somebody. Yeah. Oh, Saxon is also, they are kind of like a house band at Sweden Rock. 
Mm-hmm. They play there often. So right. we went, after we uh, went back to the festival, uh, we went directly to see Ross the Boss. Ah, okay. the rumor said that he's playing only Manowar songs. Right. And that was true. So we uh, started with Blood of uh, My... Blood of the King. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Sign of the Hammer. And then I was 14 again. <laughs> ah, it was so great. And uh, the singer sounded like uh, Eric Adams when he sang good. Mm-hmm. He sang good, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he doesn't sing bad now, but he's right. older. Yeah. Uh, and then... A Swedish singer came out called Snowy Shaw. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a drummer as well. Right. He played with uh, King Diamond. He's played with Dimu Voyager. He's played yeah. with a lot of different bands over the years. Yeah. So he's kind of a multi-artist. Right. Sing, and he sings really good. He sang with uh, Therion as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he played, uh, sang a couple of songs as well. Uh, so when Ross the Boss started playing, it was perhaps, I don't know, 100 people in front of the stage. But when he finished, they were packed. Okay. So uh, people really appreciated this. Right. You, you can tell. And he was smiling from ear to ear, Ross the Boss, when he played. He was, mm-hmm. ah, he liked what he was doing. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the headliner for that night were In Flames. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen them for a while. So, and they were good. I was uh, positive. I was surprised. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, uh, we both agree on that. In Flames hasn't done so many great albums lately. Right. But uh, the setlist was uh, a little bit for our, for us older fans. So yeah. And they also have also always have a beautiful show with the lights and pyrotechnics, right? As well. But that wasn't the last band for the Friday. The last band was Merciful Fate. Okay. <laughs> and they were really good. Uh, I've seen Merciful Fate one time in the nineties, I think, at Roskilde Festival. Uh, I have seen King Diamond solo, but this was. Uh, Really nice to see and hear them again. Mm-hmm. Do you like? Do you like them? Merciful Fate. Uh, to be honest, I don't really know much Merciful Fate or King Diamond outside of some of the bigger songs because I never. His voice was never a thing that interested me. Um, the the falsetto and the really high notes. I remember hearing them and just thinking that it was almost comical at first. So I've never really gotten into into them. But I do understand their importance. And obviously without King Diamond and without Merciful Fate, a lot of what came out in the 80s wouldn't have come out. A lot of things that came out after them, you know, they were big influence on a lot of bands, especially mm-hmm. Merciful Fate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His voice were, were good, but... The last song they played, I think, were Come to the Sabbath, one of their hit songs. Mm-hmm. And then uh, his voice starting to, he started to have problems. But right. I guess that's, if you sing in that style and you're over 60 years old, mm, 
Yeah, yeah eventually it's going to happen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, Friday, the first band I saw were Social Distortion. Okay. I have never listened to that band and, uh, of course, never seen them before. Mm-hmm. But I was, uh, yeah, surprised, positive, positive surprise. Right. Do you know anything of them? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I can't say that I'm a huge fan of Social Distortion, but I like uh, quite a few songs of theirs. And specifically, I would say that their album, um, White Light, White Heat, White Trash, is one of my all-time favorite albums and one of the best albums to come out of the 90s. Just the um, the music, the lyrics, there's, there's a lot of very socially conscious things that are being said um, that where songs off of that have, have just speak, you know, they, they connect with me. Um, I followed them since and the albums haven't been bad, but they just aren't as good as that one. Um, So I can't consider myself a diehard. I, I, you know, I, in, in, in my overall playlist, I probably have like 10 or 15 songs of theirs. And plus the singer, put out um he put out a solo album he put out two solo albums one was a covers album and one was all originals and i enjoyed some of the songs off of that as well so yeah yeah good to hear uh my friend who was with me at the festival he was that was one of his main bands to see okay yeah and he comes more from uh punk background skate right, punk right. background so yeah, yeah. Uh, the next band i saw my friends went back to uh to change clothes but i had to see night ranger okay uh, yeah uh-huh. and uh i really liked them uh, okay and i must probably say that that night ranger was the best band at sweden rock this year okay wow yeah, so professional, so good. It sounded really, really good. Uh, and they played some damn jankies. Mm-hmm. Coming of age and high enough. Right. Uh, and all the other hits of their own. Right. So uh, there were a lot of uh, guys in the 50s standing and watching uh, Night Ranger. <laughs> right. uh, they, had a, they had a big crowd. Uh, so professional band, really good. Uh, hardcore superstar next band, huge here in Sweden. Right, always played the biggest stage at Sweden Rock. Also, kind of a house band for the for the festival. <laughs> right, I think they are good, but mm-hmm. not so good. Right, right. They have perhaps five or six songs that are really, really good, and, and the rest is. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you have an opinion about this band? Yeah. You know, it's interesting to me because there's, there's a, obviously a lot of Swedish bands that have done uh, what I like to call uh, LA strip hard rock or, you know, they, they copy a lot of what was popular in the eighties, like the Motley Cruz and the rats and the Dawkins and stuff like that. Um, I I think that hardcore superstar have some songs that are really, really good. 
And then others that are, you know, they're just okay. They sound like a lot of other bands, you mm. know? Um, it's, it's the same thing that I find with Eclipse and with Heat and a lot of these other bands where, sure, they individually, maybe each album has one or two really good songs, but then the rest of the album is just kind of generic, mm. you know? And it just, a lot of times I listen to that stuff and I, and I think to myself, wow, you know, this makes me want to listen to that Motley Crue album that they're trying to imitate or, you know, so, um, yeah, I, I get what you're saying with hardcore superstar. There are so many bands that the press is probably bigger on them or make them bigger than, than what they actually are. So, yeah. Yeah. But they are a great live band. They have, uh, played so many shows. They tour, uh, they tour in the back in the day. They toured all the time, and I've seen them right. here in my hometown. I don't know four or five, no, four times at least. I think mm -hmm. so. They they know how to perform on stage, really. Right. Uh, the, ne the next band I saw were Within Temptation, a band I don't know anything of, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, they were good. Okay. And, and I, I like the songs. I don't, but I haven't listened to them after the festival, but right. it was a good show. Uh, and after that, we went to a bar and had a beer. At that, and the bar is over, so you can uh, overlook one of the stages. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and Michael Monroe played. Okay. And that was good. Okay. He was really good. He, he could, uh, they should have had him in Guns N' Roses instead of Axel Rose <laughs> now, yeah, really. Because the Guns N' Roses were the next band. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the, I don't know when they was set to start, but it was 40,000 people in front of the stage. Mm -hmm. and they were waiting, 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 and they're starting to booing. Mm -hmm. uh, and they went on and half an hour late and as I said before I think here in the Signals from Mars they, they, they weren't good okay they got the worst review that I have ever seen in the <laughs> Sweden's biggest newspaper right uh, yeah so terrible I was sad a sad day for us who like hard rock and metal to uh, such a big band perform so bad. I walked, I walked home uh, in knocking on heaven's door. <laughs> then I had enough. And when I went home, there were only, I don't know, a couple of thousand people left in front of mm -hmm. the stage. Yeah. They didn't connect with the audience. They were playing, but they could have been playing on a TV screen. It wasn't right. Yeah. So, uh, and that was the last band on the, the Sweden Rock 2022. Okay. Well, what is 2020? Yeah. 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 Uh, that I saw. These are the yes. bands that I saw most uh, of the shows. Okay. Yeah, I know that since then, I guess uh, Axel has come out to say that he's been sick. He's had issues with his throat. So the band has been playing longer than usual and that he uh because everywhere they're playing they were getting very bad reviews 
And he was saying that, you know, he was sorry that, you know, they were trying to go out and, and entertain people either way, but you know, that he understood that he wasn't as good as what he could have been. So, Mm. yeah, I, you know, and at that point, uh, I'm not sure uh, how much, um, how much money they would have to pay for, for canceling the show, you know, because if, if, if they don't play, they have to give money back to the promoter. Mm. You know, um, cause that's one of the things that has happened here in Spain is that, uh, white snake man of war. There's been more bands that have canceled, uh, at festivals. And they've, they've talked about how, you know, with man of war specifically, uh, they were able to get Avantasia they start negotiating with them two weeks before the festival to bring someone else in because they essentially said, well, we can't, uh, uh, you know, um, do the festival and send everyone home when they're waiting for Manowar to come on stage. So we have to bring another big name. I mean, I don't know that Avantasia is as big as Manowar, but, you know, they brought them in to, um, to fill that spot. For them, but it's you know it's again a, a weird situation. Also with Guns and Roses, we don't know what's going on. We don't know if they're really working on an album. We don't know if they're you know we know the tour dates, but it's not like another band where hey you know we're gonna do this. We're gonna be back in a year because we're promoting our new album or, or this or that. So it, since there's so much mystery behind them. I, just, I, I don't know. The whole situation is kind of weird, but um, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame that it wasn't that good. So yeah, I, they played almost three hours <laughs> at Sweden Rock. Oh yeah, they did, and they filled up every song with uh, longer guitar solos and uh, stuff. Right. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's how you get three hours. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. You said that. Night Ranger was the best band that you saw. Mm. Guns N' Roses, the worst. Yes. Um, if you had to put a Sweden rock bill mm. together, five bands that you would absolutely have to have on Sweden rock based on performances that you've seen in the past there, who would you pick? I think the number one band that would fit Sweden rock the best is ACDC. Okay. Uh, they are, uh, for the age of the visitors. And so I think that's the band that would be the best. Uh, and also Rammstein, but Rammstein is playing three, uh, big sold out, uh, Gothenburg shows this weekend. Oh, wow. So uh, perhaps, uh, that, um, and I think everyone is going to see them. I'm going to see them tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> so perhaps no, but uh, Metallica, of course, mm-hmm. that would be awesome to see them at Sweden Rock. Uh, Maiden again because they were so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Sweden Rock is a traditional heavy metal festival. Right. So 
if you put up a band like I don't know Trivium, I don't think it would be uh, such a big deal. Right. So uh, now, and the bands are getting older as well, so it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. I don't yeah, know. It's it's interesting to see how how they transition because, like you're saying, for the most part, it's been a lot of you know Y and T and Ace Freely and you know bands like this who, like you said, were you know started in the seventies, mm-hmm. uh, maybe got big in the seventies or eighties. And, you know, well, you mentioned that there were Sodom. Um, I mean, I don't know that you'd be able to continue to do four days. Obviously, this year is different because of the pandemic. And, you know, they had um, a lot of the festivals this year were still working with contracts from a year or two ago. Mm. So there were bands that were scheduled to to play in the past and, and they did it. They did it now. Um, so, yeah, that's I mean, that's interesting as, as bands stop being able to play. I mean, I don't think that the festival would stop, but I'm sure that it would probably be different than what it's like now. Yeah, they have to perhaps look a little to Vakken and see how they're doing. They have right. a much broader bands there uh, right a little bit more extreme metal at sweden rock you don't have i don't know perhaps one or two extreme metal bands mm-hmm. but uh, the main thing is straight heavy metal at sweden rock or sometimes back in the day a little bit more blues but mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah i i think that's but that's almost for like every festival. I mean, for years, I've heard different people say, you know, once Metallica's gone, there isn't going to be, you know, any any metal bands that are going to be able to fill stadiums. Uh, I mean, if 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 you really think about that, that's that's true. A lot of these festivals, unfortunately, will probably go down to just being one day because. There, there just aren't going to be enough bands to fill the bill because sure you can go to like a lot of these extreme metal bands, but like you said, Trivium, Trivium has already been around for 20 years now, <laughs> you know, um, I, I can't see Trivium headlining a big festival. I can see them being band number two or three, mm. But, you know, Metallica, Slipknot, you know, maybe that's another option. But after that, who's that size? There, there isn't. I, you know, I think we all thought for a long time that maybe Lamb of God. But, you know, Slipknot kept going. And I think Lamb of God between, you know, all the things that happened to the singer going to jail and the drummer leaving and you know there's uh, there's a lot of i think behind the scenes things that we don't know about where they've they haven't reached that next level that i think a lot of us thought they would they would reach you know they're still they're still at a level with trivium with machine head with you know bands that were so close mm. to jumping to the next level but 
I think they, they those three bands have reached the the, the highest they're going to get, basically. Yeah, I agree. I forgot Ghost. Ghost should of Ghost course. Is another one. Okay, yeah. They should always uh, play at uh, Sweden Rock uh, because they are from Sweden and so, and they are big. They play right. stadiums. Right. And are quite new band. In yes. In the grand scheme of things, yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Now it's... Uh, but on the other hand, me and my friends, we have been talking about Sweden Rock and how they're going to fill the bill since we started going because there there has always been old bands. And right. if Blyford was old in 2001, we thought. But <laughs> yeah, he's still there. <laughs> right. So, Yeah. You you got to see In Flames, and I wanted to ask you this because their lead singer recently said in an interview that he doesn't feel that there's a rivalry between In Flames and the Halo Effect. Um, we've talked for a, for for quite a while about how In Flames hasn't been putting out heavy music for a few albums, and now that the Halo Effect appears. They've put out probably their heaviest song in 15 years. Mm. <laughs> Do you think that there's a rivalry between those two bands, or is it just <laughs> the fans that are making it up? No, there must be a rivalry. There must be a reason that almost the whole old In Flames are now playing together. Right. And some other guys playing In Flames. There must be a reason. Right. Uh, yeah. So uh, I don't think they speak a lot with each other. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like it. No. And even no. Um, the um, the one guitarist, I don't remember his name now, but um, he, he it was never officially announced that he left In Flames because he was a fill-in guy. He, he, wa- he was... He's been on some of the albums, but um, let me find his name before I. Yeah, um, I know. Uh, I saw the one time I saw In Flames. He he was uh, he was with them. It was um, it was the first tour that he was with them since coming back because he's been in and out of the band a few times. His name is uh, Niklas Engelin. Yes, that's the one. But I don't think that he was on stage. No, he's not in the band anymore, right? No, he he isn't playing with In Flames now, but he was. It was never officially announced that he left the band either. Yeah, I was surprised because he just showed up in Halo Effect. Right. <laughs> So, um, they have this uh, American guitarist, Bruce Paul Newman, Bryce, or is it Tanner Wayne? He, they had an American guitarist on stage, so playing instead of instead of Jesper. Oh no, I'm 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 sorry. I'm looking at um, <sighs> at the Halo effect. No, Jesper played. In Halo Effect, but uh, yeah, see on 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 um, 
Uh, no, you know who the guitarist is? It's uh, the guy who was in Megadeth. Chris Broderick is the guitarist. Chris Broderick. Yeah. 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 Because um, actually, even on Wikipedia, it says Nicholas uh, Englund. It says on hiatus. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, Chris Broderick is, is the one that's uh, that's playing with them now. Um, which is also weird because he didn't end with Megadeth on the best terms. And then he's uh, uh, in flames opened up for Megadeth recently. So <laughs> I don't know if they kept Chris Broderick away from Dave Mustaine or not, but uh, the, the parting wasn't, wasn't friendly. Oh, it's sad about the flames anyway. Yeah. They're almost like uh, Sepultura and Soulfly. When they uh, change their members. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know, but the, the thing with that, I mean I, I have a friend that will defend in flames to the end. Up until the last album, he was still defending them. Saying, oh no, you know, they're trying different things. They're trying to not do the same thing over and over again. I know what it was. What what broke him was them re-recording uh Clayman. Is is when uh, I remember sending him the first song that they re-recorded, sending it to him, and and right away he said, I hate this. He said, Why did they need to do this? You know, the other songs are classic, just remix it. Don't re-record everything. So, oh, that yeah. was bad. <laughs> Clayman re-record. <laughs> that was a bad record. I mean, that's a, a, a way to piss your fan base off. I mean, uh-huh. I don't know, and any other way of of, of looking at it. <laughs> it was just very, very weird. Very weird that uh, the band would do that. So. Yeah, it's like Maiden would uh, re-record Power Slave again, just just to do it. That would. I mean, it. Maiden has re-recorded Charlotte the Harlot and Wrathchild with Bruce singing, but those are just two songs. It's not an entire album. No. You know, and it, it's and there's more of a reason for it because obviously Bruce was in the band for some years. And, you know, he was performing these songs, so I, I, I don't know. And uh, I'm, I'm usually very lenient with bands when they change their styles or try different things. But to me, in, in Flames, really, after uh, I'm trying to see here. I think after Come Clarity is where I started losing interest. Come clarity or maybe a sense of purpose, which is in 2007 at this point. <laughs> That's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Come clarity. Yeah. That's a good album. Right. Yes. And the album after Clayman. Can you see? Uh, album after one? Clayman is Reroute to Remain. Yeah. That one I didn't like. They started to use uh, synthesizers way right. too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but on 
some good songs on Calm Clarity. Yes, there is. Yeah. I'm trying to think, is uh, Reroute to Remain where uh, Cloud Connected is on? Yes, it is. Yes. It must be because it's not on Clayman. No. No, that's definitely not on Clayman. Let me just see this real quick. Um, Cloud Connected is on Reroute to Remain. Yes. I think that's the only song that I like off of that album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, the Come Clarity song list, and they had Crawl Through Knives, one of my best in flame songs. Mm-hmm. I think they released as a single as well. Yeah. Yeah, in flames. Good band. <laughs> excellent. Used, excellent band. Used to be excellent yeah. band. Yeah. Cool. So for those that are listening to the podcast version, this ends the hour one show. And now we jump into hour two. I calculated wrong because uh, I should have started the show now (laughs) because the interview is actually 90 minutes from now. I remembered when we start. Well, I realized that when we started doing the show that the last time we started an hour late because of that, because the interview is at 1.30 our time. So um, somehow I'll, I'll fill these next uh, 90 minutes. But um, there's still a few other questions that I, that I do have here. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, we've been talking about the new David Lee Roth songs that he's been releasing. They're, a lot mellower, obviously, than uh, than what he's done in the past. Have you listened to any of them? No, I'm so sorry, I haven't because I'm not a big fan. Okay. Uh, of, neither of David Lee Roth or Van Halen. Yeah. So okay. uh, I like it, but not the biggest <laughs> fan. So no, I haven't heard David David Lee Roth. So it's all Victor's. <laughs> okay. Um, Let's see. Okay, so here's another thing we can we can talk of keeping things uh, in Sweden. Uh, I got a chance to listen to two upcoming releases from bands that are from Sweden. Um, one is the new Arch Enemy album called Deceivers. Okay, this comes out on August 12th, and the big question for all of us was because we already saw that one of the singles has uh, clean singing on it. And the as we talked about various singles that they've been releasing, um, and I've been posting within Patreon, the the conversation has continuously gone to, you know, this sounds good, but I wish it had clean singing. That's what pretty much everyone has said, even even you with uh, a lot of these songs. So the only song where there's clean singing that we've heard so far is called Handshake in Hell, Handshake with Hell, excuse me. It's the first track off of the album. It is the first single off of the album. And it is the only song off of the album that has clean singing. It is? It is the only one. 
Too bad. <laughs> there is one song close to the end of the album. I think it's called One Last Time, where there are parts where Alicia is singing low, like almost like Randy Blythe does from Lamb of God, where she's almost whispering, but it's not really singing. And then she changes into the uh, guttural vocals. So it's guttural vocals throughout the entire album. Um, the album isn't bad. I know that a lot of diehard Arch Enemy fans will like it. But for those that were looking for something a little different, um, it's not very different from anything they've released in the past outside of that first single. Mm-hmm. So... I was sad to hear that, Victor. I uh, was hoping for uh, perhaps a song with uh, clean vocals throughout the whole song. Uh, right. It's strange about this band. Perhaps I said this before, but to me it feels like Michael Amott has, he has the ability and he has the band and he has the singer that, they all together could write uh, or perform a a real hit song and take Mm -hmm. the band to the next level. Right. Uh, To go from not the biggest indoor arenas in Sweden to the biggest indoor arenas here. Right. Uh, I saw in America they play in clubs. Mm -hmm. But here they play in four or 5,000 seats. Right. Arenas, uh, like Ghost did when they released uh, the hit single here in Sweden, he is, uh, mm-hmm. and they went from they went directly up to the next level, right? By one song. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's that's interesting too because he has he's now in three different bands. He's in Arch Enemy, he's in Spiritual Beggars. And he's in Black Earth is is the name of the other band, which has all the original members of Arch Enemy in it. it has the mm. original singer, has his brother, has um, so you know I, I I I don't know. I get it that Spiritual Beggars is completely different because it's more of a stoner rock seventies type feel, more of like Deep Purple type band uh, with the keyboards and everything. But I, yeah, you know, I think they could do both. They could do the heavy guttural vocals and more of the clean singing. Uh, Obviously it's worked this far, but I mentioned this uh, a few weeks ago. I know a lot of people that have told me uh, I really like them, but I'm getting tired of their formula where it's angry verse, happy chorus, you know? So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. Do you think it's too late for them to go to the next level at this point because they've been around for so long? Or do you think that there's still hope? I don't know. I thought this album would uh, take them to the next level. I, I really thought that. Uh, but uh, if, as we said, they must have clean vocals. You can't have Alisa White Loose singing guttural vocals all the time. Yeah. And I think she's uh, 
I don't know if she wants to do that the whole time either. I mean, of course she wants to be a rock star and all that, but uh, she has a beautiful voice. And he, he only uses, I mean, he doesn't use her voice at all. Right, right, right. Well, they have Jeff Loomis in the band, and they yeah. don't use his writing either. You know, it's it's crazy. The guy who's been considered for years one of the greatest, like, underground guitarists in uh, Nevermore and in um, Sanctuary and, and whatnot, and nothing. He doesn't even let him write a note. You know, he's, he's Extreme Metal's Vivian Campbell. <laughs> you know, I, I don't... I don't understand. Um, the other thing too there is, you know, you have uh, Angela who still runs the show. She's still their manager and it's what she wants goes with the band. And unfortunately, you know, it's Anthems of Rebellion was a very long time ago. Next year is 20 years. I mean, let's yeah. let's be honest. We Will Rise is their biggest song. Um, at least here, I, I, th- I think that's probably the, the biggest song, the one that gets played the most, but mm-hmm. that or nemesis. Yes. That ne- nemesis. Yeah. Uh, those are probably the two biggest. How, m- how many songs have they released since then? And not to say that the albums are bad, but they haven't released anything since then that, is has come close to being as popular. I mean, I look, I look at the next album, Chaos Legion. The the biggest song is probably "Yesterday Is Dead and Gone." Okay, okay song. It's not. It 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 doesn't compare to that to me. The Nemesis came out, and no, I'm I'm mixing this up. Nemesis came out in two thousand and five. Chaos Legion came out in 12, Rise of the Tyrant, Revolution Begins was the big song off of that. War Eternal, I think. Yeah, the title track. All right. You Will Know My Name is another song that got played a lot. But, mm-hmm. and but the I must say that uh, Will to Power, the latest album, it still right. is the latest album, Yeah, took them to another level. Okay. Uh, uh, at least here. Right. They, uh, I mean, they headlined the Vakken with that album. No, that was not that album. It was the album before. The first album is uh, Elisa White Loose. They headlined uh, Vakken. That's a big thing. Right. So that was, I believe that was War Eternal. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I think when uh, Elisa White Loose joined the band, they grew. They were right. bigger. But uh, well, I really thought that this new album would take them up a notch. Well, I, th- I think when, when she joined, since everyone had evidence of what she could do from coming from the agonist, I think we all thought that 
there would be more of a mixture that she wasn't going to just sing guttural vocals like Angela. Also, we we also have to think that it's it's a difficult situation because they're really the first band to become popular with a woman singing guttural vocals. So, yeah. you know, I get that it was going to be a hard transition, but I mean, we're, we're already talking about this is her third album with the band, mm. <laughs> you know, and this is one, one song out of like 30 <laughs> where she's singing clean. Mm. So, um, she, sa- she sang uh, a little bit clean on the last album as well in the song Reason to Believe. Okay. Yeah, a ballad, a sort of a ballad. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. In keeping things in Sweden, I also got to listen to the new Amana Marth album, which comes out next week The Great Heathen Army. And there's one song with a lot of clean singing. The name of the song is called Saxon and Vikings. You know why there's a lot of clean singing in that song? (laughs) Probably a guest vocalist, yeah? Yes. Who? Who? Well, the name of the song is Saxons and Vikings. Ah. (laughs) Biff. Biff is singing on that song. Oh, wow. Yeah. So so I saw the title and I was thinking, hmm, because because obviously, uh, you know, Jesper has done stuff with Doro in the past and he's guested on different things here and there. And, you know, I, th- I think that they've, they're a band that, sure, it could be considered an extreme metal band because of how he sings and, and whatnot. But I also think with the press, with the, with the foreign press outside of Sweden, I think that he's done a lot to help grow the name of the band. Plus, they've been, you know, they were on Slayer's last tour and they've been in, in situations to help the band, uh, you know, grow. Um, I think the, the album is a mix of, of a lot of different things, you know, similar to, um, uh, to another band that you mentioned before. Uh, although they're, I believe, uh, Finnish or Norwegian, uh, Tack, you mentioned before, um, mm-hmm. where even though the vocals stay very guttural, the, the music does change to become almost like eighties heavy metal. So there's a few songs off of the new, um, Amana Marth album, which the music is very much, I think, uh, very eighties in, in flavor, uh, more so eighties. When I say eighties, I say that it sounds a lot more like Iron Maiden than like, uh, than like Motley Crue is what I'm trying to get at. So, uh, I th- I think that the album is good. I'm I'm not saying that the Arch Enemy album is bad. It's just that I was expecting something a little different with the vocals. But um, if I have to choose between both, I think I would listen to the Amana Marth album more than I would listen to the Arch Enemy album. Because mm-hmm. I I also think that 
again, with the Arch Enemy album, I've heard everything that they're doing on here before. You know? So, again, we mentioned Nemesis. We mentioned um, We Will Rise. You know, a song like Savage Messiah or... um, I'm trying to think of the other song that I listened to um, off of this. Burn Me an Angel, I think it's called. Um, Maybe screwing that up. (laughs) It would be easier if I just go to my Arch Enemy playlist. (laughs) Uh, Let me see here. Burning Angel. Yeah. I th- I, the, the songs that I've listened to the most over the years, obviously, We Will Rise, Nemesis, Burning Angel, Ravenous, and Savage Messiah. Those are the songs that I've listened to the most by the band over the years. And like I said, that was Nemesis is the newest out of those. And not that any of the other songs are bad, but, you know, like, like we're saying, I was, I was hoping for something different. Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 